Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. The bones are good, God's word is good, and God is good when? All the time, that's right. You know, when our relationships are built on the rock, we can build a house on that. Anything else, the Bible tells us, is sinking sand. I want to challenge us today because we are in part two of our relationship series, and yes, we will talk about alignment But I want us to just be honest with ourselves. If there's an area right now that you could think of in your relationship that seems slightly off, (laughs) just maybe just a little, you know, your relationship could just use a tweak, just maybe there's something small, something minor, but sometimes it's the little things that are actually the big things. Isn't that true? And maybe this small thing has caused you some sort of frustration or even to the point of being angry. Someone once told me, Pastor Matt, anger is just passion in the wrong place. Like, I kind of agree with that. (laughs) Because we got to remember who and what we're fighting against. And sometimes we're fighting the very one that we should be fighting for. And even if we have a positive objective in our relationship, there's always going to be obstacles. Yes, ob- obstacles and obstructions that get away in the way of what we have planned. So I want to talk about the importance of alignment in relationship. I'd encourage you today to take notes, get in the Word of God, highlight it, go deeper. Could you turn to at least two people and say, go deep? Go deep. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves every once in a while that, you know, this this church is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. We are all at war, not against flesh and blood, but against things in the principalities. There's a war going on out there. And we're getting equipped to be sent out. The word that I got for us was this is September. September. The Lord is sending you out. He's anointed you and appointed you. He's equipped you for such a time as this. We're not here to play church. Come on. We are being sent on purpose for a purpose. And the thing with alignment is it always comes before assignment. That's worth writing down. If we get too focused on where we want to be, we neglect whether or not we're even headed in a straight line to where we're called to be. And we know if we're just slightly off, that can change where we end up. And the same is in our relationships. You know, I meet people with great intentions, just misdirection. And when we're slightly off, guess what? We're easily agitated. And some of us even become angry. And when we get angry, we get out of line. And our attitude has a lot to do with our assignment. Think about this for just a moment. If you think about your vehicle being out of line and in need of an alignment, you're being pulled in another direction, are you not? And if you take your hands off the wheel for just a moment, you're going to end up in the ditch, or worse, you're going to hit someone else. When things are out of line in your vehicle, you're wearing through tires. 
You're putting more stress on your engine and you're burning more fuel than you were meant to burn. And guess what? It causes stress and wear on your bearings. Am I speaking to anyone today? Okay, good. But you put up with it. Why? Because it's an inconvenience. It's costly. It's going to take time. Some of us have learned to live with our anger. We either justify it, subscribe to it, or we hide it until it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then all of a sudden we explode. It's costly. Yes. And you know what? It's going to cost you a lot more in the long run down the road if you don't deal with it now. So let's step into God's garage and let's just do a quick realignment with his word. How's that? Let's go. Someone say, let's go. (laughs) You know, alignment by God is the place where he begins to put things in order so that his kingdom can come in our lives. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Alignment is a place where we are positioned by coming into agreement with God. That's good to write down. Alignment with him means agreement with him. One way to build alignment with God is through obedience. And we must all choose to come to a place of all-in obedience with God. I shared last week, you know, that God is not looking for those that are lukewarm. He'd prefer you to either be hot or cold. Are you hot or not? Come on. Say, I'm hot. hot. Woo! Sounds good, right? Somebody else didn't say it. Say, I'm hot. hot. There we go. Are you all-in? There are many benefits to being all in when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And I want to give you four benefits of alignment when it comes to being all in with God and all in your relationship with others. This is the the first one. It's worth writing down. That's peace of mind. How many of you could use some more peace? For in John 14, 27, it says this. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you know that there's no fear in love for perfect love drives out all fear? What reason do you have to be afraid? You might feel afraid, but you don't need to become afraid. You don't need it to be part of your identity, part of your vocabulary. You don't need to settle for less than who God says you are. For you are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. So don't settle for less. You know, Edwin Lewis Cole said that peace is the empire of doing the will of God. Huh. You see, because you have this internal compass that guides you in the decision making based on the values of the what? The word of God not the worries of this world. And this is the Holy Spirit who leads you and guides you and gives you the truth, revealing to you the mind of Christ. The Apostle Paul put it this way. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Someone say all truth. Part of being all in is you need all truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is his truth that sets you free. 
says he will not sp- he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you the things to come John 16:13 You can have peace in your heart even when the situations don't make sense in your relationship you can trust in God's faithfulness you just need to be obedient to what he commands you to do. You see, it's when we choose to just do our own thing or go our own way instead of God's that we experience tension, we experience trouble, and we experience die vision. A good example of this was a man named Jonah, a rebellious prophet. Of God, did you think there was such a thing? Well, there was. When God instructed to go to Nineveh to preach to the world, and instead of going one way, he chose to go the opposite direction. He went to Tarshish. And if you look up Tarshish, it was a city known for gold. It was a city known for riches. And one might even say he he chose cash over calling. He chose his profession over his purpose. And if you read Jonah, please do. It's only four chapters. You read Jonah, and if, and if you read, and actually in 2 Kings is the first time that we hear about Jonah, he goes to this wicked king, Jeroboam II, and he prophesies something good that's going to happen to him and his land. But then the prophet Amos comes in, and he actually says the opposite, and says, because you're evil and because you're doing this, your land is going to be taken away from you. So if you read about Jonah before... You might already be wondering about his character before you hear about him in Jonah here. But the Lord has sent him to a city of Nineveh, a whole city that was rebellious, a whole city that was led by one of the most brutal kings, the most murderous kings there was out there. But God, through his grace and mercy, wanted to give them a chance to repent. But the thing with the people of Nineveh, they were enemies to the Israelites. And so Jonah saw this as his enemy and he, that was the last thing that he wanted to do. And even though God was calling him to do it, he decided he's going to do his own thing and try to run from God. Good luck. And so he, he boards the ship to, to Tarshish and while he's on the ship, he's sleeping. And a storm happens and he's still sleeping through the storm. How many people out there right now are sleeping through the storm? No one in this house, say not I. Uh-uh. We're in it. <laughs> and we're awake to it. We're awake to what's going on. And we're awake, we're awake to God is coming. He's coming soon. But he wants to use you right now. But he was sleeping through it. And the sailors that didn't believe in God, that were rebellious sailors, knew something was up. Something divine was going on. And they woke Jonah up. And they said, what's going on? And Jonah confesses. He says, well, it's because I'm running from God. And they asked, well, what do we do to make the storm stop? Pray to your God, make it stop. And this is what Jonah says, kill me. It was the most selfish thing that Jonah could have done. Because that would mean he was putting his blood on their hands. Instead of answering the call, he'd say, I'd rather be dead. You kill me. And these men actually feared God. And they cried out to God. They threw Jonah over the ship. 
And they even repented and they asked for God's mercy. The sea became calm and then the big fish, you might have known it as a whale, but there's back and forth. Was it a fish? Was it a whale? Did it swallow Jonah? In this case, I'm saying it's a whale. Look it up. <laughs> but a big fish. Swallow Jonah. God sent the big fish to swallow Jonah. And while he's in the belly of the whale, he repents kind of. <laughs> kind of. You'd repent too if you were in a stinky, sticky situation like that, would you not? Lord, get me out of here. And God causes the, the, the fish to spit him out on dry land, spit him back towards the direction of his calling. And then he's got to go through Nineveh, which was over 120,000 people. And when I heard that first, I thought of, that's the Fraser Valley. Can you imagine? You got to go through the whole Fraser Valley and give people an opportunity to repent and turn from their sins. And you know what? Jonah gives like the weakest message ever. If you look it up, five words in the Hebrew. And he's telling them that you need to, you need to, you need to turn, turn over or it's going to be turned over kind of thing. He, you know what's missing? He doesn't mention God. He doesn't mention what they need to repent of for their sins. And he doesn't mention how. It's almost like he's setting the message up for sabotage so that they won't repent. But they do. And so do their animals. Look it up. How does an animal repent? They all wore sackcloth. That was one of the things they didn't even put it on the animals. How <laughs> I many you know that sometimes the things that you do and the things that you say and the choices that you make aren't just going to affect you and the people around you. They're even going to affect the things that you're stewarding. But they repent. And you would think that would be great. But Jonah would be like, oh, praise the Lord. But no, he's still bitter. And that's what I want to get into. <laughs> Trust me, I got good news for you. Don't worry. But I'm going to go into Jonah 4 here, starting in verse 1. It says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And because he was what? Angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. The results of Jonah's disobedience were almost really tragic. As many people would have perished. And alignment with God's promise in your relationship also brings this too. It brings blessing and increase. When you align yourself to God's word, to his will, and the calling on your life, there is sure to be blessing and increase. You see, the ultimate purpose of life is to bring glory to God and advance God's kingdom. It's not my kingdom come, Pastor Matt's will be done. It's his kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven. He loves to show himself mighty on your behalf so that others may know there is a God in heaven. There's a God active and alive today in your house, in this church, in your business, and in this community. There is victory in the valley. And there's victory in your relationship. When you walk in obedience, he will validate your purpose by causing you to prosper. 
Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, but sits in the, or sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates on it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the season, whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does, whatever she does, shall prosper. You see, the blessing was not just for them. It wasn't just for the people of Nineveh. It wasn't just for the Israelites. It wasn't just for Abraham. It was for you to benefit you and benefit those who are near to you and close to you. See, when we're careful to obey God's will, we will certainly be blessed so that we can become a blessing to all those around us. You see, Jonah missed the blessing and he missed the increase because he had a hard time understanding God's mercy and God's forgiveness. His anger is what caused misalignment. Misalignment in God's assignment. Even after God spares Jonah's life and he chooses, Jonah chooses to criticize God instead of celebrating God's compassion and God's love and God's mercy over himself and others. In verse four, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? Then the Lord God provided a leaf plant and made it grow over Jonah to give him shade over his head to ease his discomfort. Oh, muffin. <laughs> and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. You see, the same God that sent the whale is the same God that sent the worm. Why? It's the same God that, that sent the whale to, to swallow Jonah's pride, allowed him to experience discomfort so that he wouldn't hide. Same with the worm. Remember, it's the little things sometimes that are the big things. And if God will do that for a man like Jonah, guess what? God will do it for you and God will do it for me. Because when we come back into alignment, we discover our assignment for our relationship with God and others. Alignment with God's purpose in your relationship also brings this, three, Joy at seeing lives changed. How many of you could use some more joy? Mm-hmm. In the end, what matters is the difference that you make in other people's lives. Can people point to you? Can people say that their lives are better because you live? Your work and everything you do is ministry that impacts people and God. Bless the people that God has put in your life. You know, being a parent is the biggest ministry you can have. Being a mom or a dad, raising up your kids. 
And we want to go out there. We want to provide for the, the best for them. We want to give them all the things that we didn't get. And the best thing that we can do is raise them up in the house of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Point to them. Point to God when, when things are good because he's a good God. Show them. Give them credit where credit is due. Give them strength when times are tough because they will be. In this world, you will have storms, but take heart for God has overcome the world. Every setback is a setup for a comeback with God. Show them. Back to Jonah. Oh, Jonah. But God said to Jonah in verse 3, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Check this out. It is, he said. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. Yeah, I like that we can laugh because we've gotten that way, haven't we? We're just so worked up with the little things. Sometimes, I wish I would, why am I even around? Why isn't it worth it? Why do bad things always happen to me? They don't. It might be because you're saying that. <laughs> Change your perspective. <laughs> they happening to you or for you? <laughs> but we get in that state, right? He's mad about a plant. Verse 10, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend to it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should, and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. <laughs> don't miss, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the celebration because you're too busy comparing instead of showing compassion. I'll say that again. Don't miss out on the celebration because you get caught in the trap of comparison and you miss out on showing compassion. You know, there are times when we want justice. God is a just God. But we want justice. What we think is just. What we think is right. And wanting our own justice is one of those things that if we allow, allow it, will rob your joy. Can you just trust in the Lord with all your hearts? Can you be all in with him and know that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, not yours? His plans, not yours? Can you trust him in the process, even in your relationships? And number four, there's a lot more than four, but alignment with God's purpose in your life, in your relationships brings securing all in destiny for future generations. Your choice, your decisions today will have an impact on future generations. And understanding the weight of that will help you make the right decisions. Choosing to be selfless. Putting God and putting others first. And doing what God commands of you. 
This attracts a blessing to your life that you can pass on to your children's children's children. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today. Witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Someone say, choose life. Say it again, choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Christ did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came so that you could live life more abundantly. In your relationships, the greatest legacy that you can leave is the one of faith. Passing on the faith. Isn't that right, Mom? We just celebrated Grandma's life. And her legacy is all in this room. Charmaine's parents are here in the second row. Charmaine's here. The kids are here. Both mom and dad are here. This is, this is legacy of faith. It's the best thing that you can pass on to your kids. You see, the blessing is upon the third. It's on the fourth generation in your lineage and beyond. May your family point to you as the person that made a difference by choosing to abide in God's word. Not just in his word, but with the word, in relationship with God. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Very quickly, I want to give you three steps. So I gave you four benefits. Here are three steps that will help you realign in your relationship if you think it's slightly off with God or others. First one, A, is ask. Ask before you argue. Write that down. I can see, like, at least the people in the front. Write it down or, or text it. Ask before you argue. Before you're about to argue, why don't you ask God. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Did you know that acronym actually spells ask? Ask, seek, knock. We now have a, a doormat that says that. It's pretty awesome. Before I come into the house, ask. Hmm. Talk to God before you talk to the person. You know, that's the scripture I gave you is Matthew 7, 7 to 8. And 8 actually is the number of new beginnings. You want a new beginning? You want a, new, a fresh start? You want to realign with God? Know that word. Speak that word. Move in that word. Next verse. What causes fights and quarrels? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Your desires to what you don't have, to have what you don't have, so that you can kill, so that you can covenant, and so that you can get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. James 4, 1 to 2. Here's a second one to realign. Attack the problem, not the person. Huh? 
Attack the problem, not the person. Psalm 73, 21 to 22. When my thoughts were bitter and my feelings were hurt, I was as stupid as an animal. Solomon. Read it. Read Psalms. Attack the problem, not the person. It says this in Proverbs 15, verse 1. I'm giving you gold today. It's all God's word. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a tempered fire. That's why life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Sharp words. Proverbs 16, 21, a, a wise, mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. And finally, see, realign with reconciliation. Whoa, it's a tough one. Realign with reconciliation. First Peter 3, 11. Work hard at living at peace with others. Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? Children of God. And finally, Romans 15, verse 3. Christ did not indulge in his own feelings. As scripture says, the insults of those who insult you fall on me. They fall on him. Don't take it. Don't receive it. Return to sender. <laughs> We've talked about that. You don't have to accept every package, everything that gets delivered your way. You can return it. <laughs> don't bring it into your home. Don't up, open it up and put it up on your wall. Don't make it your identity. Let God and let go. Would you stand with me? Here's our takeaway. Simply put, anger is the enemy of alignment. Anger is the enemy of alignment. Ephesians 4.26 says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. You see, if you've got hurt in you, why don't you exchange that today for healing? According to that, the day of your hurt needs to be the day of your healing. And you've been carrying around hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever that is, for so long. Don't go another day longer. Return to sender. You see, God's got a great exchange on that stuff. Because like Rick said this morning, don't ever forget, he's all in for you. He's all in for you. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was all in for you to the point of the cross. He bore all sickness, disease, sin. They did horrible things to him. Painful things. They mocked him. They spat at him. But he did it for you. He took every whip, every time they tore his flesh, every insult they took upon him. He took upon the ones that would come at you. He took the weight of this world 
on the cross and he said, it's finished. And three days later, he rose from the grave. And Paul tells us this, that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. Will you allow him to be all in for you so that you can be all in for him and everybody else in your life? Will you let God and let go today? I'm going to lead you through a prayer. We're going to do exactly that. So I'm going to ask that everyone pray it with me. If you would, would you just close your eyes, bow your heads, and repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I confess. I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've messed up. I confess I've gone my own way. And I'm ready to turn to you. I'm ready to be all in for you. I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave three days later. Come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. Help me to love the way that you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay in this moment, eyes closed, head bowed. In the moment, I want to respect this holy moment right now. If you prayed that prayer, for the first time ever, would you just lift your hands up towards the sky right now? Thank you. Lift your hands up towards Jesus right now. Thank you. And if you prayed that prayer and you came back into alignment with God today, you've come back into a relationship today, you'd be honest with yourself, you've been living for yourself and you haven't been living for him, but you came back. Today you come back and you're not looking back. Put your hand up right now. Say, that was me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to do something different because God's in the business of shaking things up and doing something different. The word I got this morning was healing. Whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, and specifically physical. Because this is a house of healing, this is a house of prayer. And so if you need healing or somebody else in your life and your family needs healing right now, just put your hand up. I'm not calling you out. You're not going to come forward. You're going to stay right where you're at. Look at that. Hands all up. Your eyes are open right now. Yeah, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. If somebody has their hand up next to you that you came with or you feel comfortable putting hands on them right now, would you just do that? Maybe you both have your hand up. Put hands on each other. Come on. If you just feel the need to like, and, and again, if, if you feel uncomfortable with someone putting their hands on you, you can say, ah, I'm cool. <laughs> but don't miss out on the blessing. We're called to lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They shall recover. We've seen miracle after miracle in this house. We've seen people beat cancer. We've seen people walk. We've seen the blind see. That's cool, hey? Seeing the blind see. Actually baptized one woman who could hardly see. She got out of the water and then she could see again. Completely clear. I said, are you for real right now? <laughs> you know, sometimes you're not even sure. But it takes a little bit of faith. What, what, how much faith does it take? It takes a mustard seed size faith. You don't have to have big faith. You just got to have a little faith in a big God. Come on. 
we're just doing what God's word says to do. And we're laying hands right now and we're believing in faith, okay? So I'm going to pray for you right now. Keep hands on them. Keep hands on them. Keep hands on them. Some of your hot hands are going to get hot. I told you in the beginning when you said, I'm hot. I'm hot. Oh, you're hot. Holy Spirit's even hotter, okay? So you might feel that. You might feel that somebody's where they're touching your back right now is getting real warm. Come on. Real warm. That's a sign right now that God's healing is moving in you and through you. Some of you going to get tingling in your fingers. It's really cool. I just know this from experience because it's happened. God might do something totally different, but he's doing it right now in this room. So I pray, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done right here, right now. Right here, right now. You say whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We know your kingdom in heaven. There's no sickness. There's no disease. We're made whole. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. And we call down heaven to earth right now. Touch her. Touch him. Touch her. Touch him right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit flow from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. Let's go. Let's go. In Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you in advance. Let's go. Someone say Jesus. Let's go. Say Jesus. One more time. Let's go. Jesus. Oh, he's the name above every other name. Every principality, every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Sickness and disease, dead, gone. You're not coming back. Return to center. I got to ask you. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen. Who felt something? Tell me, show me, put your hand up if you felt something. Would you be so bold as to say, what do you, I know you people in the front row, so I'm just going to ask. What did you feel? The heat. <laughs> I'm totally healed. You're totally healed? Of course I am. Of course you are. What was the prayer for? I have some medical issues that I'm dealing with, but I had them, sorry. Yeah. Whoa! Had! He don't own that anymore. Who else? Who else got something? It's for God's glory. His story is for, your story is for his glory. You're part of that. Who felt something? Who had something? Okay, what you look for is what you find. That's another thing I've learned. You, you keep looking for what isn't working your life. What you look for is what you find. What's different? What did you feel? What changed? What happened was my shoulders hurt really bad in my back. And once you started praying, I got huge tingles from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And they continued with the prayer. Where's the pain? I don't even feel it. Who healed you? Jesus! Come on! All the glory to God. If, if you received a touch, if the Lord healed you, we still have on our website a page called Miracle Stories. Go read it. It will build your faith of God moving through the valley, victory in the valley. And, and I'd encourage you, there, there's, a, there's a card in front of you. You're going to have a chance coming up here soon. Write down what God did. Don't second guess it. And keep looking for your he healing, feeling that healing, that soreness in your neck that's connected to your shoulder. Look for what's different. What you look for is what you find. Move it right now. Somebody out there, move it right now. Who is that? Move it right now. Look for the healing. Look for the healing. Look for the healing. You feel something, Sharon? Somebody came in with a headache and you don't have it anymore. Who is that? Who is that? Who woke up with a headache this morning? Nobody? I can't see half of you guys, but if you did, write it down and get back to me. Pastor Steph, I'm believing for her too. How are you feeling, Pastor Steph? Better? Oh, that's good. Keep receiving it. Okay, what we're going to do next now is uh, baptism. 
And what is that about, you may ask? Well, the word baptism means to be fully immersed. It's what Jesus himself did, and he told us that we all need to do it. (laughs) He said the word to go into the world making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Romans, it says when we go in the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave, that you were actually baptized with Christ. When you come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection, that you are resurrected with Christ. The old you stays dead in the water. As some of you, I'll ask you, when you come up, what are you leaving in the water today? Are you ready to be all in? (laughs) Come on. Are you ready to be all in for Jesus? So if that's you while the worship is playing, you can come forward. I'm going to be right here. It'd be an honor to baptize you. Let's just lift God up right now. We We got towels. We got clothes. We got all that. Don't worry. We came ready. Are you ready? Let's go. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.